You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. And I'm your host, JJ Leahy. Well, today we're going to talk about two things. The second thing will be the injury report. We continue to get more and more bad news there. I wanted to give you a deeper breakdown on the Houston Texans matchup. That'll have to wait until tomorrow. But, of course, there had to be big news today. The Packers apparently are calling around the league asking about receivers, a lot of receivers. I've been very vocal about my opinion that we are not going to trade for a wide receiver. Up until now, there has just been absolutely no evidence to support the idea that Gutekunst was considering it at all. When presented with new information, I have to adapt my theory to fit the facts. Here's what's not new. The Packers call around to a lot of teams and ask about a lot of players. That's always been true of Brian Gutekunst. This new interest in receivers, well, that's different. Now, it's certainly possible that the Packers are looking to make a big splash move before the trade deadline, trade for somebody like Julio Jones. It's not impossible. Here's another theory. A lot of teams around the league look terrible. There's a very rich draft class in quarterbacks coming up. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields expected to go within the first three picks. Complete lack of offseason and complications from COVID has has really kind of hamstringed half the league. More than a quarter of the teams in the NFL have fewer than two wins. Six weeks in, 14 teams have fewer than three wins. There's a lot of talent being offloaded, which means that it's a buyer's market. Teams that are happy with their current rosters and are making a Super Bowl push have all the leverage because most teams are not buyers right now. And this drives the price for players down, at least in theory. So it's possible that Gutekunst is looking at Devonta Adams' contract extension coming up and looking to give himself some leverage. Or it's possible that this is just an all-in move by the Packers to try and win a Super Bowl. I recommend tempering your expectations as a fan so you're not disappointed if nothing happens or if we make another move like when we sign Devin Funches. But this is a break with Gutekunst's normal business operations and something we can't ignore but I'd like to set you up with information for two different scenarios. The more exciting and probably less realistic option is that this is an all-in move on this season, in which case we don't need to take into consideration stuff like age and how much time is left on someone's contract. If this is a move for the future or an addition in a smaller way, the team probably will not make a move at any of the really big-name guys, which means an addition could be someone you haven't heard of. Either way, let's look at the Packers' priorities when it comes to wide receiver. We actually have a wealth of knowledge just by looking back at every receiver that the Packers have brought in for a workout, signed to their practice squad for any length of time, or brought in and interviewed pre-draft. 
Gudikins has an obsession with speed when it comes to every position except for wide receiver, seemingly. His linebackers, corners, safeties, running backs. Everyone is an explosive freak athlete with great speed, except for the wide receivers. Now, you can't reverse engineer this and say, well, that means that he wants slow ones. His priority with receiver seems to be tall, big-bodied, almost tight-end-looking guys. You could be forgiven for not remembering what Equinemius looks like since we haven't seen him in a long time, but you surely remember Alan Lazard, one of the bigger players on the team. Both guys are six foot five, so probably don't look for guys any shorter than maybe about 6'1". The other attribute is run blocking. Remember Travis Fulgham, the guy we brought in on our practice squad for a few weeks, cut, and now he's tearing it up for the Eagles as one of the best receivers in the league? Yeah, that guy. Well, he was one of the highest graded run blocking wide receivers in the league, despite having a pretty small sample size playing in Detroit. But clearly, that was the factor that caught Gutekunst's attention. So, one of the best run blocking wide receivers in the league, if we're looking at the all-in, big-name guys, one-year rental, would be Mr. Julio Jones. The Falcons, of course, are a disaster. Julio is only in the first year of his new contract, unfortunately, and he has a cap hit of over $20 million a year, plus the Falcons will want something in return. But you guys are the ones who want to go all in and get a huge name player? No matter whether or not we can afford them? Well, I found your guy. Out of nowhere, Montrevious Adams and Aaron Jones both jumped onto the injury report today, did not practice at all. Suddenly, things are looking not so great. David Bakhtiari, Kevin King, and Darnell Savage are all listed as doubtful to play. Tyler Irvin is out, which spells disaster for our special teams. Tyler Lancaster is also out, which, when you couple in Montrevious Adams, leaves Dean Lowry and presumably a practice squad elevation for Willington Prevalon or an act roster spot for Billy Wynn, who has used up all of his practice squad elevations. Now, Aaron Jones has a mild calf sprain. He's listed as doubtful. But the Packers have been known to be overly cautious, especially when it comes to their star players. Look at how long they held out Kenny Clark and Devontae Adams. Devontae especially believed that he was ready to go and still had to miss considerable time. I actually don't mind that. I think it's a smart decision. I'd like to see A.J. Dillon get worked into a more prominent role on the offense. And Houston's leaky run defense, which was just torn up a week ago by Derrick Henry, of whom A.J. Dillon is the prototype, seems an ideal candidate. They're also in the AFC, which makes a win over them much less important. Lastly, Kevin King, who, as of yesterday, was said to be good to go this week, now listed as a game-time decision, which means Josh Jackson may again have to step up. Now, you'll be forgiven if you only remember his pass interference penalty in the Tampa Bay game, but he actually played pretty well. Giving him more playing time may turn him into a better player overall. Tomorrow, Saturday, we'll be emailing out our newest edition of the Packernet newsletter. Please make sure you're signed up for this. It's great. Go to packdraft.com newsletter to sign up or visit the Packernet podcast Facebook page and click on the newsletter tab. I promise you won't want to miss this. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet podcast hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to packernet.com and follow the Packernet podcast on Facebook. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been the Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.